Hey there, boys and girls. Thank you for tuning in to the Josh Belcher Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Now, you could be doing anything at any time, anywhere, with anyone, but you chose to be here hanging out with me, and I appreciate that. You just remember this podcast is unique, just like all the other ones you listen to. The only thing that truly sets us apart is your host has an ADHD-driven mind with a splash of bipolar tendencies. Now sit back, relax, put on your safety belt. Let's get this party started. First guest on this week's podcast is none other than iconic actor and chart-topping country artist, John Snyder. That's his real name, but he'll be forever known by me as Bo Duke from the Dukes of Hazard, my favorite episodic television show of all time. He just released an inspirational album entitled Recycling Grace. Uh, it was available everywhere September 15th. He talks about that, some of his song choices, uh, the Dukes of Hazard, and a new Christmas movie he's got coming out called Christmas Cars. And he encourages everyone to go to YouTube, check him out, and subscribe. Special thanks to comedian Brandon Skelton for co-hosting with me. That interview is coming up right here. Super excited to have on the podcast this week uh, one of the coolest human beings ever to grace the earth, uh, John Snyder. <laughs> uh, Excellent. You read that just like I wrote it. Hey, <laughs> hey I, I'm glad the check is already put in the mail, but uh, I'm here with uh, stand-up yeah, uh, <laughs> stand comedian Brandon Skelton and I are here. Hey, how's everybody doing? Love it. And um, we're, just, we're just really excited about your new, you got a new album out, Recycling Grace. Will you talk about it with us a little bit? Well, I'd love to. Um, Recycling Grace started with, uh, I had a favorite song for years called Amazing Grace, done by the, the Blind Boys of Alabama. Shoot, yeah. Yep, and they did it to House of the Rising Sun. I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever heard. Come to find out, the woman the woman who is now my wife, the woman I'm, I'm desperately in love with, nice. uh, had the same opinion, but we didn't know it. So we were at a friend of my funeral, and one of the, one of the five boys from Alabama came up and sang that song that my dear friend, Reggie Young, had played on. So I didn't know Reggie had played on one of my favorite records of all time. Wow. And Alicia and I turned to each other and said, well, if that's not, if that's not an indication that we need to do the gospel album we've been talking about, you know, waiting, uh, what was, uh, you waiting for, uh, waiting for a sign. Well, if that wasn't a sign, <laughs> then nothing was. So we decided right then and there to, uh, oh, oh, then we're walking out and uh, who who comes up and says, hey, but B.J. Thomas, oh, wow. I've known for years, yeah. and B.J. says, you know what, John, when are you going to finally do a gospel album? And <laughs> it was like, well, I guess now. <laughs> right on. <laughs> yeah, so, so I do believe, I do believe that uh, – there was some old joke about somebody saying, God, why did you save me? And he said, well, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. Uh, <laughs> and, and I think that that was our two boats and a helicopter. And as soon as we made that decision, the floodgates opened. We got some wonderful songs. 
like Recycling Grace. That was not the first song that we decided to do. That came from a dear friend of ours in Baton Rouge named Scott Innes, who wrote that song for a woman's shelter uh, in, I think, Ohio. And the woman's shelter is called Recycling Grace. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so one thing led to another, and then Alicia pulled this song that I'd never heard of before. She says, you've got to hear this song. It's from, like, New Orleans, 1930s. And it was Satan, Your Kingdom Must Come Down. And I think we cut the heck out of that song. So, yeah, uh, well, I was just going to tell you, uh, uh, Brandon here, alongside being a, a comedian, he's also a pastor, and he, is, uh, he has had your uh, album on uh, repeat. He likes it a lot. Oh, fantastic. Thank yeah, you. Yes, yeah, sir. Well, I'm, I'm oh, how, how about that song, If It Wasn't For The Mountain? You know, that's, that's actually one I was going to bring up. The, uh, I'm, I'm glad I just have a... You know, I have an app where I can just play music because if it's on CD, I'd have wore it out by now. But, yeah, if it wasn't for the mountain and sing hallelujah, I've just been keeping on repeat. And definitely oh, appreciate you guys cutting this album and those songs. We, As a pastor, we've had some pretty – pretty been in a pretty wild season, a lot of things going on. And, uh, you know, I tell you, songs like that has definitely been encouraging over these last couple of days. And I just – every chance I can, I pull aside from work or, or whatever I'm doing and, and listen to them again just to, for that encouragement. Wow, thank, thank you for that. Thank you. Pastor, you know, when uh, Jacob Lida wrote If It Wasn't for the Mountain, and I, t- I tell people, I don't know why I know this, but I know that if you if you are not being opposed, if, if you're playing basketball and you've got the ball and you're not being double teamed, it means you're not much of a threat. <laughs> so if you are, if you profess to be working in the kingdom of God and doing something with and for God, and you have no opposition, then I question your path. Hmm. So if you don't have a mountain to climb, if it's easy, then I think there's something wrong. (laughs) Which is why I love that song. If it wasn't for the mountain in my way, I wouldn't be standing here today. Uh, I I love it. That one, and he also wrote Stained Glass. Which is a beautiful, beautiful song. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I, I hope you can tell I'm a little bit excited about this record. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you walked right into something. I just had to say I didn't mean to interrupt you guys, but, you know, the, the mountain never got you guys, so something else is going to have to get you. I just I had to do that Waylon quote because you were talking about the mountain. There you go. There <laughs> you go. I love it. Yeah, but – um. It's a great album, and it's uplifting. It's just inspiring to know somebody like you who, who's been a, a hero of uh, Brandon and mine since, you know, we were kids, uh, being Mr. Uh, Bo Duke and everything, and, and just what, what with all you've been through the last year and, and everything, or, 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 you know, several years, and just, just you've always had an upbeat attitude, and it, it's very inspiring, and you've inspired me just talking to us today about everything. Well, thank you. You know, you got to uh... – You've got to persevere. You've just got to move move on. Yeah, and move and ahead. Keep going. And I saw you recorded in Franklin, which is my hometown, and you produced it. What 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 is it like uh, producing your own music? I mean, well, no, wait, wait. I I I would say I co-produce. I'm listed as a co-producer because I I uh, found the material and then I talked to musicians. Okay. But I think Larry Larry Hall really needs to get the. Uh, gets the big accolades for producing the record because he's the one that uh, dealt with the mixing, dealt with the, the nuts and bolts of it. Uh-huh. You're out there in the sound kitchen. So 
So uh, the nuts and bolts of it, uh, scheduling time, making sure we had the right people in the room at the same time. So I'm a producer in that I helped uh, – Alicia and I actually determined what songs would be on the project. And then once we played them, I would be talking to the musicians uh, and kind of fine-tuning it. But mm-hmm. I would say that it, the producer's job is to get the mayonnaise lid just about loose, and then the, the guy like me comes in and, and takes it off and gets all the credit. Well, Larry <laughs> Larry deserves all the credit. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if it wasn't for Larry, yeah, the new song, that's on the next album. It's really great. You know, I've, I, uh, when I was doing music in the eighties in Nashville, uh, I worked under a guy named Jimmy Bowen uh-huh. and he was the head of MCA records. And, and what Jimmy did is Jimmy taught people how to make their own music. So how to really operate in a studio, uh, how to talk to musicians. Cause you know, I'm a, I, I wouldn't record my guitar playing, but I can talk to a guitar player. Yeah. Uh, so, so I was I was raised I was taught really really well by one of the best and that's Jimmy Bowen how okay. to uh, how to express what I want the music to express to people who are playing it. So I I love it I love the I love the whole process and then when I hear somebody say you know if, if it was on a CD I'd have worn it out by now what a what a great reward that is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like just, those Dukes of Hazard VHS tapes that won't play anymore. Absolutely, <laughs> uh, we had to, I had to go down to Cooters and get a DVD just in time go for that. Go get some so. DVDs and Cooters. There, there you go. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of Dukes of Hazard, you're, are, did you get the torch passed to you? I mean, because I know um, old Ben's kind of stepping back. Because I see you doing a lot of stuff with it now. Well, I just did a movie called Christmas Cars. Right on. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, I uh, I feel that if uh, if Warner Brothers really had any notion of what Dukes of Hazard was, they wouldn't have been able to make that terrible movie in uh, 2005. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was an insult to every 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 Dukes of Hazard fan and cast member. Uh, well, I, so I what we did is we made movie, watch. <laughs> we made a movie called Christmas Cars about a guy like me, 40 years. Uh, celebrating his 40th anniversary of that show he did where he drove the orange charger with the rebel flag on the top. Yep. And uh, it's pretty great. And and in the movie, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm saving my farm, like on the Dukes, you know, true spirit of the Dukes, yep. saving my farm by selling die-cast cars of my car from the show for my 40th anniversary. And on the eve of my success, does this sound familiar, right? On the yep. eve of my success, uh, <laughs> the bad guy, the boss hog, if you will, puts out on the Internet that people need to boycott this man, his show, and his car because they are the universal sign of racism and intolerance. Oh, wow. So I go there. Yeah. I go there. And uh, I think people are going to love it. And mm-hmm. I deliver such such uh, – Thought-provoking lines as, wait a minute, symbols don't hurt people. People hurt people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, in the true spirit of Dukes, oh, and we've got, uh, you remember, looking for love in all the wrong places, Johnny Lee. Yeah. He is the balladeer. 
No kidding. He, he takes over Wayland's part. Wow. Now, what the boys don't know is they blah, 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 blah. Right? So so watch for the trailer. It's on YouTube. The trailer's right. on YouTube. And the movie Christmas Cars comes out on Orange Friday. And in case you don't know, Orange Friday is the renamed Black Friday after Thanksgiving in honor of the General Lee because I think maybe the movie itself has not aggravated enough people. <laughs> My dad would have said, just make sure you're aggravating the right people. That's right. And I think I am. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're doing great. I mean, you know, you got your hands in a lot of stuff, and, you know, you're so passionate about music. But um, are you going to tour, oh, tour with it? By the way, some of the gospels, some of Recycling Grace, including Recycling Grace, is in Christmas cards. So there we go. Nice. Are you, are you going to do a, a little part where you actually sing in the movie? There's a little part in the very beginning where I sing one of the, the tail end of one of the songs from the Odyssey Project. It's called Thank God You Do. And uh, great lyric. I don't know what you see in me that makes you want to see this through, but thank God you do. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's in the beginning. Uh, and then the rest of it is cars and jumps. I actually jumped the General Lee, Bose General Lee, we call it, uh, I jumped the General Lee in this movie. Now, wow. In, in the past, there were stunt guys. We do have some stunt guys here. But when you see the General Lee in the air, it's me driving it. And I'm very proud of it. It's about time. <laughs> I know. After after participating in so many, you actually get to do it. Uh, was, was the car still in tow when it landed? Uh, we had to fix it up a little bit because I needed to use it again. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. If you, as long as you land on dirt. And if you can, because you're going to go do this after we're finished talking, if you can land, <laughs> if you can land on hurt on dirt and be be headed downhill, you'll do better. Kind of like a, a snowboarder. Right so on. Yeah. Brandon, you think you can try it? Yeah, I have a GMC Acadia. Can it can it make a jump like a charger? <laughs> oh, it can make a jump, all right. I just don't know if it can make anything after that. <laughs> but give it a shot. You know, <laughs> go big yeah. or go home. Yeah, that's right. That's the only one way to do it. Um, what I was asking, are you are you going to tour uh, with your with your new project, your new album? Yeah, we are. We're touring. We're touring. Uh, in fact, we just came back from. Uh, we're we're doing a couple of uh, prisons. We just came wow. back from Angola State Penitentiary in Louisiana here, and they they're the home of the Angola Rodeo, uh-huh. and uh, we'll play there in two weeks. Uh, we just played in uh, Walker uh, Men's Penitentiary in. Uh, in Georgia, in Walker, Georgia. Uh, we also, we do a bunch of regular concerts. We, I've got two this weekend with Ronnie McDowell uh, in nice. Tennessee, Galpin, Galpin, Tennessee. So yeah, yeah. my tour. Um, next year will be, will be more. This year was a lot about making movies and music, and next year will be about uh, about touring with them more. Well, that, uh, that is, I, love, I just yeah. love it. Um, uh, I was going to tell you, like I said, speaking of how awesome you are, you know, there's two people on earth I ever waited in line to meet. You were one of them, and Hank Aaron was the other. And I just wanted to always let you know that okay. I, waited, I waited three hours at um, the uh, the old National Speedway to meet you, and it was it was well worth every. Oh every my moment. gosh, that's it. so you were at uh, at Dispatch. Yeah, I was. I was. It was one of the very first ones, and and all I remember, my 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 wife said, "Wow, he's still really really hot." <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, wow. so you waited in line for three hours and you were old enough to have a wife at the time. That's fantastic. Um, 
I was uh, I was a uh, I was a young I was probably let's say I was 23 uh, that year, so we were, we yeah. were fresh. But like I said, it was a thrill of a lifetime. You were so nice to us. We took a picture. I still have, um, you know, uh, you know, leveling on on the uh, fireplace there at the house. Wow, thank you. Love the I love being up there. And then I um, appreciate that. And like I said, just uh, like you're one of the coolest people ever to me. And I was telling my mom today. I was talking to her uh, about the podcast and who I had on it. And I was asking her if she ever watched you on your new show, The Haves and Have Nots. And I haven't watched it, I must confess, but she said you're kind of mean on there. Are you mean? Oh, you got to give it a shot. Yeah, I'm a nasty man. That's what it's she so said. I was, like, I was like, are you sure, John Snyder, he just don't strike it, uh, me as somebody that would be like that? She said, yeah, he's not very nice on that one. No, I'm not nice at all. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you must definitely have to get into character to be that way. Well, it's my, uh, yeah, it's my... Um, it kind of like uh, Dallas, kind of like when Larry Hagman did Dallas. Now, for me, Larry Hagman was the guy on I Dream of Genie, and I loved it. He was so funny. And then he did J.R. Ewing in Dallas, and he was just a nasty man. And uh, that's that's what this is for me. So much fun. Tyler Perry's show on Tuesday nights on the Oprah Winfrey Network, and yeah. uh, I love it. And I, I, it makes me nicer in real life, too, because I, I get all my nasty out. Yeah, I'm going to have to go visit Mom and watch it with her because she, she's, a, she's a faithful, you know, and she said, yeah, he's not nice. I was like, I just can't, I can't see my, my Bo Duke being, being not nice. So I'm definitely going to have to check it out. Oh, you watch. You watch. Well, sir, uh, you know, thank you for spending some time with us. It was the thrill of the week for You're me. Welcome. I know it was for Brandon. Uh, God bless you. And, uh, and God bless said, you, God. I'll, Please uh, I'll go to the YouTube channel. Everybody who's listening and you, go to the YouTube channel and subscribe, John Schneider. But Absolutely. check out the Christmas Cars trailer. I think you're going to love it. I know you're going to love it. You waited in line at, uh, at Duke's Fest. You're going to love Christmas Cars. Of course. You know I'm going to watch it. I have to. But anyway, I uh, hope to see you when you get to Nashville and maybe give you another high five. All right. Next guest on the Josh Belcher Experience is the hilarious comedian Haley Boyle. She's going to be coming to Zanies Nashville Wednesday, October 2nd, so get your tickets. She's discussing life on the road with a two-year-old, her love for Jim Henson's Muppets, and a movie that I particularly enjoy that she does as well, Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. So here she is. On, I believe it was your Instagram or your Twitter. Now you're touring with your two-year-old. What, what's that experience like? I mean, that's got to be uh, very it, uh, challenging, I guess. It is. It is extremely challenging. Uh, it's hard in so many different ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been touring with him since he was two weeks old, um, and yeah. actually, his first, our first destination when I, you know, came off my sorry little maternity leave was Nashville. Right on. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, two weeks old. That was his first flight. Um, it's and it was actually much easier when he was an infant because he slept a lot and he couldn't walk or have opinions and stuff like that. So <laughs> that, it was tiring, but it was doable. Um, and then last year we actually did the Edinburgh Fringe in August, and that was stupid. That was a stupid thing to do. I should really? not have done that. <laughs> <laughs> My son is like a Hulk, so he started walking when he was nine months old. Oh, and wow. he turned a year old when we were in Scotland. And he was just, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been over to Scotland, but it's like old, you know, seven stones and hills and heavy doors. And it's not shoulder friendly, it's not baby friendly. Yeah. 
was mobile at that point, and he, you know, wanted to taste things, and he wanted to talk to people and pet dogs and stuff like that. So I nearly lost my mind doing that. But now he's two, and it's, I still don't want to take him on a plane again, but driving with him is all right. He's good in the car. He loves Muppets and stuff like that, so we sing along. And cool. I, I use that time to educate him on the uh, media that I want him to like as an adult. I have a system going. I'm going Muppets, and then I'm going to introduce Ewoks, and then I'm going to go to Star Wars. <laughs> That's what you got to get him right. Yeah. Um. So is this your, your only child? Just just the yes. guy. Yeah. I had I had a lot of issues trying to have him. I was one of those people that just could not seem to have a baby, no matter how hard I tried. And now I, I finally had one. Um. And I, I had one with one ovary. Um. In my late thirties. Oh, wow. So <laughs> yeah. You were a rock star, and and, and touring. I mean. Uh, he's he's destined to follow in your footsteps and be a stand-up comedian as well. I wouldn't be surprised if he was some sort of performer. He's extremely dramatic. He actually okay, so he just turned two. We're staying with some friends. We're in Atlanta this week, and we're staying with some friends, and they have a six-year-old, and they were like MMA fighting. We put mats down for them and everything, and let them <laughs> just go. And my yeah. two-year-old was not. I mean, first I was impressed that he was like taking this kid down. He was sweeping the legs, and I was like, where did he learn this? But then what really got me was at one point the six-year-old tapped him on the head, and my son put both his hands up to his head, pretended to be dizzy, and dramatically fell down on the mat. Oh, wow. That's, that sounds like almost like a WWE wrestling move. I mean, well, with I like, MMA. It's sports <laughs> entertainment. I don't know how he even lives now. We don't want that. He's yeah. too young. He's got but the entertainment bug. <laughs> he's got a stage at home. He's got microphones. He loves microphones. If he sees something that even looks like a microphone, he goes and gets it and starts doing his little routines. He does songs. He does jokes. He does dances. He takes a bow. That's great. That is too cool. Do you do you, uh, you let him have some time when you come to Nashville, get up on stage? You know what? He just made um, because everybody wants to come to the show instead of babysit. Yeah. <laughs> he may come up to take a bow with me at the end, and after the show, he always takes the stage because he, he, he's he got to have his turn. He loves it. Yeah. Um, there's actually a video on my YouTube channel of him going up on stage and just dancing around with the microphone. He loves making noise into the microphone. And so he cute. did That's he awesome. did come on stage with me the whole first, first year of his life. He was in the front pack on stage with me. I actually I did an hour and twenty minutes on stage in um, uh, Raleigh while breastfeeding him. Yeah, I saw I saw uh, some tidbits of the one where you had him in like the the front pouch thing. I don't know the name of it, but you know the carriers. <laughs> I feel. Yeah. That's just that's just a warrior there. So. Yeah, yeah, you uh, yeah, breastfeeding, right? That's that's impressive all in its own right. What what was that experience like? That's multitasking completely. Oh my god, I hated it. I hate it. I hate it so much. I hated it more than anything I've ever hated in my whole life, and I hate a lot of stuff. Wow. But man, I hated breastfeeding, but I did it anyway because it makes yeah. other people uncomfortable. It, it, it does, and it could probably be uh, good comedy in the right spotlight. I mean, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, for, I I really felt like breastfeeding was a, a fairly awful experience because you're kind of like this dairy cow and. It wasn't until after I just stopped. I just recently stopped. She turned two, and I was like, I said, I'm taking my body back. And I can't tell you how much I didn't even realize what I'd lost as far as, like, feeling like a person as opposed to a thing. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, I also do it just nice, and I'll be leaking through my shirt all the time. Oh, boy. Uh, How about it? (laughs) Yeah, and it can be very painful and triggering. Like, it's unwanted touch a lot of the time. Yeah. 
natural thing and and don't get me wrong i'm an advocate i fully support it i just think it's ridiculous to act like you should like it i hear you you don't have to like it people kept telling me oh well when you wean him you're gonna miss it well guess what i don't yeah i don't miss it one bit (laughs) oh i remember i was gonna ask you you just had a birthday yourself i did i just turned 40 how did you feel about that happy birthday belated birthday by the way how's that work for you not not great. I'm one of these people that, like, I have that Leslie Nope in me. Like, I love birthdays, holidays, all that stuff, but they never go well for me. I'm always single. I don't get along with my family, you know. So this is a big one. This is, like, the big 40th, and I tried so hard to, <laughs> to like, make it just decent. Yeah. And I just couldn't pull it off. The It just was super lame. But, you know, I just, now I'm just going to just shoot for 50 and hope, hopefully have my life together by then. That's it. That's, I'm, I'm turning 37 in a, about eight days, and and my core people are like, "Oh, what are we gonna do to celebrate?" And I'm like, "Well, it's on a Monday. I'm gonna go to work." <laughs> <laughs> okay, but here's the thing. Number one, 37 is a lucky number. Number two, you have core people. I'm a comedian on the road and a single mom. Let me tell you what. People like to pop in like I'm a zoo animal, but I have core people because <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to be there for that mess. That sounds just kind of. I would figure you'd have a ton because you're funny. I mean, you, I figure you'd have a I great. I have tons of friends, and I'm very, 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 very lucky. I have amazing friends. Yeah. I'm not really close to people. You know what I mean? There isn't people that I see on the regular. Um, I you know, even my my, my my closest friends, I don't imagine they think we're very close. They have much closer friends. Yeah. But because I'm always gone, you know, I'm never around. So I got like a really, really one really close friend in Sacramento, and like one really close friend in New York, and like a couple of really close friends in Glasgow, and a handful in in Fairbanks. You know what I mean? So birthdays and holidays are always kind of rough. Well, it was you. actually easier before I was a mom because I always had to work and pretend it wasn't a holiday. You know, although Christmas is always rough. I just do chicken nuggets and then watch all Harry Potter movies and get real stoned. <laughs> I have Technically, the, the Harry Potter movies are Christmas movies because Christmas happens during Easter. Yeah, I hear you. I actually have a weird Christmas tradition. I watch one John Wayne movie, and I don't know how it started, but I've watched it every year. Which one? It's called The Shootist. It's such a random movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just him and and Opie. Opie's in it as a adolescent. It's just so funny that it's called the shootist because that just feels very hipsterish, yeah. you know. Like now, when you go there, like, oh, come down to the the cattery, yeah, and come get yourself an adopted pet. So this, yeah. the shootist just sounds really funny. Come to, to the haberdashery and get the shootist. The elevates your sniper skill <laughs> by becoming a shootist. <laughs> the little town I live in actually still has a functioning video store. It's a mom and pop. What town do you live in? I live in Columbia, Tennessee, which is about 35 to 40 minutes from actual actual Nashville. Oh. Um, it's, uh, we're known, we have, once a year, they have a Mule Day Festival where they celebrate mules. That's no joke. You can Google that. And um, that's about you it. Know, but anyway. I think mules deserve a festival because they did not ask to be born at all like mules i'm like why do we do that to them what kind of life is that do we let them at least practice making babies yeah like like, do mules get laid or no well no they they start out as a horse and a donkey getting together i know but you can't breed a mule 
That's right, they're because, sterile. But do they still let them try? Like, that's, do they have a no, quality of life? That is a question I have yet to ask anybody, but now I almost have to. I hope you do, because that's upset me for years. I'm like, <laughs> that, I know that it's not profitable, but do we at least let them try? <laughs> That might be why they're, they, you know, they're used so much for like, you know, back in the day for pulling and crops and everything because they've got so much pinned up aggression. Yeah, they're just angry all the time. Yeah, poor, poor animal. They're like I, the I, ugliest guy on the football team. Yeah. Why won't anybody touch it? <laughs> they all look like Buddy Hackett. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a great. But anyway, we have the mom and pop video store. I'm bouncing around my ADD showing, but um. They always have the shootest. It's like a five day for $1.99. <laughs> That's going to be funny to me every time. <laughs> yeah. When you're in Nashville and you think Christmas time, you think somebody out there is watching John Wayne and the shootest. The shootest. <laughs> with uh, with uh, Opie Taylor, an adolescent Opie Taylor. You know, I have um, a birthday tradition. No. <clears throat> Excuse me, that I also didn't do this year. So I've watched the same movie. Every year for like a million years, it's uh, Jim Henson's The Muppet Frog Prince. Wow. It's a half-hour feature. Um, this year, I'm telling you, 40th birthday would completely go up. But I'm going to have to watch it when I get home because it's got to be done. Yeah. You know, it's you know Princess you Melora's birthday in the movie. You need to have – you, have you ever met Guy Gilchrist? I feel like I have. That you sounds real that familiar. Is? Anyway, he's the guy Jim Henson sanctioned to draw the Muppets. Like he did the Muppet comic strip. Mm. He he lives in Nashville. I really wish I could get you guys together and, and let you meet him. He needs to draw you a Kermit or something. OMG. That would be my, my son is two years old and like half of the words he says are the names of Muppets. That's awesome. Anyway, Guy Gilchrist is a uh he's been at it for a long time, super nice. Um, with your permission, I might uh, email switch up you guys or something and and tell him you're coming to Nashville because he was because you've mentioned Muppets a couple of times. So you have no idea. I'm a super fan. I I'm Scotland pretty regularly, and I was there for the Glasgow Comedy Fest a few years ago when the movie The Muppets Most Wanted was being released, and they asked me if I wanted to introduce the movie, which not only introduced me. Besides, then read that I was currently wearing a Gonzo Band-Aid on my pinky. <laughs> you best believe I went into that. I dressed in my current color and I went to that career and I read my little speech. To the, it was funny too because I didn't care if it was full of children because I'm like Muppets are for everybody and I was like I'm going to hear full children that don't want to hear me cry about Jim Henson. But okay. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's a super. I was great hoping guy. Kermit was going to be there. He wasn't. So. I gotcha. Yeah, um, they actually played um, the Rainbow Connection on the radio not too long ago. Through me for a loop. It was yesterday. They played it yesterday. A really beautiful version of it is um, uh, Andrew Burke. No wait, he does. It's not even being green. Really. Me first and the Gimme Gimme do a really good Rainbow Connection, and then my Morning Jacket for some reason did a really really good version of Our World from Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Oh my gosh! Oh, speaking of that, Paul Williams wrote that. He also lives in Nashville. You know that the outtakes to that movie are probably like the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. If yeah. you get Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas on DVD, it comes with outtakes where the mother 
are like the Muppets themselves are like, yeah, it's so funny. It, the outtakes from that movie are amazing. <laughs> every time I every time I think about that, I think about the one that sounds like this. <laughs> Brothers, boom, boom, boom. Brothers. Gee, <laughs> damn it, that's only twenty five cents. Yeah, there ain't no hole in the wash tub. <laughs> that's actually my favorite uh, Christmas movie, probably of all time. Number one. Isn't it fantastic? Yes, I adore oh. it. I haven't had a speech. I haven't talked to anybody, especially an adult, another adult about Emmett Otter. <laughs> Well, here's what I love about it. Like, not, it's it's great. It's entertaining. The music's great. It's Muppets. It's got that morality that the Muppets always have. But here's why I love the Muppets, and Evan Otter is such a great example of this. They showcase realistic morality, right? Emmett Otter and his mama are good people, but they're not perfect people. Yeah. And so many times in film, like you know, these these heroes will have very calculated flaws, and But they're good people, and I think that's what's so great about the Muppets. Is that they show that you can make mistakes, and you can have issues, and you can have flaws. Of course, for good, and make people laugh and smile and do things. That's right. I'm totally pro pro anything Jim Henson. But you got me you're making me laugh so hard. <laughs> when I, I actually know a guy that looks like Mayor Bullfrog from Emmett Otter. <laughs> <laughs> I know a guy who looks just like Sam the Eagle. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh yeah. My gym teacher in high school, he had the eyebrows. Holy cow. And then, you know, the River Bottom Nightmare Band. I think that one guy. <laughs> River Bottom Jr. Nightmare Band. Yeah. You yeah. know, they sell hoodies. They sell River Bottom Nightmare Band hoodies, and I asked for one for Christmas, but I did not get it. Well, you, you need to get a hold of Emmett Otter and get him to, to tear a hole in his mother's wash tub. To... <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of, you know, it's like Papa said. Not enough people that want oil snake these days. That's right. And then, you know, you got the snake that's, what does he play, drums? Who what, who played drums in the Nightmare Band? One of them was in a water tank. Yeah, there's a, there's a fish and a snake and a bear and something else. Maybe bear a bear is Hank Williams Jr. Is it really? <laughs> that's what I think. Every time I see him, I think about, I think about rocking both seats. <laughs> talking my jam the shootest and emmett otter is almost too much to handle for a christmas wait speaking of jim henson you haven't by any chance been watching the dark crystal age of resistance on netflix have you i haven't but i really wish i think i need to start nobody's been watching it i have no one to talk to about this i waited for years for this to come out and now everyone's on facebook sharing articles like hey did you know the guy who did this is the kid from labyrinth i'm like yeah for like 11 years now, somebody watch the series so we can talk about it, because I am full of feelings. <laughs> well, I have to, I'll have to get on it. I'll have to look it up. I'm full of feelings. Please do. I actually, um, you're gonna. I don't know how you feel about this, but a friend of mine uh, introduced me to Friends. I, I didn't watch it when it was um, fresh, so I've been watching that. How do you like it? I'm all right with it. It's it's kind of quirky. Um, I don't I don't know if I'm in love with it, but it's all right. I feel like uh, it has that sort of quality where, you know, because people will be like, oh, it's like how Seinfeld did. It'll be like the one with the man hands. And you're yeah. like, oh, the one with the, you know, the rollers with friends. So I feel like I enjoy it. 
friends. I did. I wasn't like friends obsessed. I never owned any friends paraphernalia. But I don't feel like it has a ton of rewatch value. Because yeah, I, I think I could. I know. Like, was really problematic. I'm like, well, at the time, that's what we were all accepting. Accepting. So, yes, it's problematic. But we don't have a time machine, and if anything, we can just look at it and go, well, it's a good thing we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, we. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm about through season two, and I'm with you. Like, I can watch it. But there's nothing like it's nothing where I'd be like, oh, I need to see that one again to relive the happiness that was going through me. I did really, really enjoy the character of Phoebe, though. Yes. It, like okay. as someone like me, it was so nice to have someone I could identify with on a television show. I'm like, oh my god, she is so like well. me. Well, that is amazing. I'm gonna let you get back to it. I feel like I've taken up too much of your time talking about all the exciting stuff. But really excited for you to headline in Nashville next Wednesday. I'm so pumped. Zanies is like my favorite club in the United States, and I can't wait to be there. October 2nd, we're going to nail it. Like a split hog is what they say in the South. That sounds hideous. Let's do it. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and like I said, if it's cool, I will network you with Guy Gilchrist, and um, I'll send you the picture when I get done talking to you of he drew me monster. I play drums. So he, or no, animal. Animal. That's that's probably my favorite is animal. He loves animal and he loves Kermit. Well, the thing that's funny about Guy Gilchrist is that I don't know if he gets a lot of requests for for animal because I had interviewed him and he was at a comic con here and he goes, here, let me draw you one and he's charging like buku bucks for it. So I was like, oh man, he's gonna do this for free. So I was really pumped. And he goes, who do you want? And I said, uh, animal. And he goes, what? He's like. I, draw a really good I was like, I know, but you asked me what I wanted. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. Animal's my favorite, and I was afraid of him when I was a kid. I was afraid of Animal, and I'm still afraid of Sweetums, and I'm not ashamed of that. He's frightening. <laughs> and everyone can suck it. And when he comes out of the state, he's busy world, he's like a mother show, and he's just rubbing out. I don't Anyway, and when Robin was, you know, when he before he was born, he was my favorite one. He was like stuff like this. And then um, I did a show at Edinburgh before he was born as well, called and I called the show Manimal. And then the, the my friend made me a pair of sneakers where she drew the club, the comedy club logo on one side of the sneakers and Animal on the other. So I have a pair of Animal sneakers, custom Animal sneakers. That is freaking awesome. Well, I'm going to get off of here and get on the worldwide internet. <laughs> get on those info webs and get it done. Yeah, I'm going to make up it. for my crappy birthday. Hey, yes, because if I'm good at anything, it's networking, especially myself with other people. So I'm going to be like, Mr. Gilchrist, she did not get her Muppet fix, and you need to go put some sunshine in her life. Yes, oh, my God. Time now for the Yetisburg Address. This week's special guest is Joe DeMare. He is the inventor of Ghost Pro. October 19th, he's going to be in Nashville at the Strange Realities Conference. Check that out online. You can get your tickets. And uh, he's going to be talking to us about what he has captured with his invention, the Ghost Pro. Uh, footage of angels, demons, humans, uh, animal form spirits. A lot of neat things like that. And he's going to be with us here in just a second. 
All right, Joe DeMare, the inventor, creator, scientist extraordinaire of the Ghost Pro, thank you for talking on the Yettysburg Address portion of the Josh Belcher Experience podcast. How are you this evening, sir? All right. Um, how's it going? It's going great. Watch your YouTube video today. Everything you're doing looks really compelling and really excited that you're going to be at the conference in Nashville. Can you uh, can you discuss a little bit about that and what you're going to be doing there? Yeah, the conference, uh, it's going to be just an hour I've got, but um, I'll be there the whole day. So if I don't get um, anything done in that hour, um, just try to pull me aside and talk to me. But I developed a program um, based on stuff that MIT was working on about four years ago, and I've advanced it since then, but we're able to actually catch a ghost on camera. Wow. Like 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 real spirits, like you've actually detected some and everything, like uh, like uh, like the hero and after that hasn't passed through or whatever. Right. The um, we're we're noticing that there are ghosts everywhere, and um, and they'll come if you ask for them. They'll come from I don't know where they're coming from, but they, they'll come. Um, so always, just a word of advice: always be honest and truthful. Everything that the Bible says, always. Um, have a good attitude because you will, without even knowing it, invite um, bad spirits in. And we've been detecting those photographs with, with, with the tech, and it's just it's mind-boggling. Still, I still can't believe it myself. But uh -huh. I thought I, I thought I would just tell everybody about it at the conventions I go to and show show off the technology and show people how to do it themselves. You know, yeah, that's that's very that's very neat and very generous for you. A lot of people haven't been able to capture this kind of stuff. What does one look like? Does it look like the general ones we've seen in movies and everything, like a like a like a cloud almost thing, or do you see images of people, or, or what exactly are you dealing with? Yeah, it's pretty much all of the above. Um, I've seen little animals before, um, insects. I'll see bug-looking creatures, and 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 I also see aliens. But I'm thinking maybe some things we see. They could be insect spirits invading our dreams. We don't even know um, right now. So hopefully more science can be done. But I'll, I'll get normal people sometimes, but mostly just um, hybrids of that, like humanoid. And I've seen things with wings before and horns and stuff. And I'm not calling everything with a horn a demon. And that's just because I see animals. So maybe you're looking at a, a spirit of a mountain goat you know so i i as a as a science person i can't really classify everything as bad either because no one's you know no one scratched me or something when i was taking the photographs you know so i think that more just more um it just opens the door to more science so like if we can actually show this all the time and be consistent with it, um, more science can be done. Like we could learn secrets that we've not even thought of yet. Um, we could solve crimes, you know, and we could find missing people this way. If you have invisible um, spirits around you all the time, who knows what they know? You know, it's like an, an intelligent um, resource. You know, yeah, that's 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 pretty wild. So, <clears throat> uh, have you have you actually spoke to one? Has one spoke back to you? 
Yeah, that's part of the tech is I designed it where it has a, a dictionary that the spirits will use by changing shades of light. So it'll change the words in the dictionary. So you can ask, that's my dog. <laughs> so you can ask a question and, and they will respond that way. And I've done it scientifically where I would cover up the camera in, in a box where there's no other shades of light affecting anything and it, they'll still talk. So somehow they're, they're making themselves miniature and getting inside the box and, and changing the words. And it's not a random thing. I, I'm the programmer. It's just reading from shades of light. So to me, it's fascinating. And the coolest thing I've ever done was take it outside, though, and stare at the sky, you know, the blue sky. Uh -huh. Something is changing the shades of light there, too, because I don't know. Maybe it's God or angels, but I will get really cool words like, divinity and stuff like that and I'm like wow this is insane and I don't think it's my mind making it up so I I think just more that's why I want to get this in the hands of everybody and let everybody you know make up their own um, thing with it and just see where it goes because I think it's like an evolutionary track like, like, like if we never discovered how to make fire we would still be stuck in caves so th I think this is another step you know, on the evolutionary thing where we we accept the fact that we're not we don't really die and 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 we could gather even more intelligence and knowledge with a, our loved ones around us possibly, you know. So I think it's pretty pretty cool. <laughs> Would you say well let me ask you this. Would you say like like every household has spirits, whether good or bad, it's just uh most people are not uh, are not able to see them the way you are? Right, they're just not aware of it, and um, I think though if you ignore them, they're going to ignore you too, you know. But if you if you um, you know how people pray to God, I think if you if you take it upon yourself to say pray to God, but also pray to your dead friends, maybe they'll help you too, and and you'll you'll get a community going that that helps you in your life. So I mm -hmm. think it could build up like that. But I think if you don't believe in ghosts and you just keep your head in the sand, they're still there, but they're not going to really care about you either. And they're not going to interact with you much. So you won't get much evidence ever or stuff like that. So I think yeah. it kind of leads on to itself. Um, I do know those that, you know, like old traditions and things like that, everybody's, or even the Bible that it's mentioned something about, um, middle ground and stuff like that. So I think that's still open territory. You know, you can't really say that th these are mean spirits. I think they're just the in the in-between and we're just, we're, they're sort of coexisting with us. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just fascinating to me. It's like school starting all over again. You know, we're just, you know, yes. I've been to school, but now I'm there's, I'm still learning stuff every day. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. Yeah, uncharted territory. Well, yeah. I mean, that I mean, it's cool, and, and that's really neat that you're going to be sharing it. So basically, you're going to be doing a lecture and then a demonstration. Is that what's going on? Yeah, um, I'll do 30 minutes of just boring everybody with how I discovered <laughs> the technology. Yeah. Then 
Then another 30 minutes, I'm going to invite people on stage, and then we'll catch a live ghost on stage to show everybody else on camera what we just caught. Yeah. Um, I'm available, though, throughout, so I could catch a ghost in the hallway if you want. Like, we don't have to be on stage, so I'll be there the whole day doing stuff. Um, yeah. What's really cool, too, is, like I said, out the outside stuff is we're seeing things inside of clouds. Like, the clouds are serving as a, a way to um, reflect the light the way we need it, and this technology – Anything that doesn't move or change color, it turns black. And things mm -hmm. that move and change color, it'll highlight. So, so we're seeing, we're we're seeing big, like mile-long spirits up in the sky. And it's just like, are these like, like I don't even know what to define them as. Like, it can't be God because we're seeing more than one. You know, so mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know what, what we're looking at, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> Well, that's that's awesome, and I can't wait to hear more about it. But if somebody wanted to get a hold of you before before this, uh, you know, the convention, do you have websites and social media and everything? Yeah, the um, best thing to do is just go to ghostpro.us and uh, mm -hmm. just check it out there, and you can get more information. I'll be talking about my book there too, uh, awesome. um, the po the Pocket Future book. Very cool. So your book's already written, and you have it there with you. Yeah, it's um I'm giving away free copies to um one to you for sure and then Thanks. the other podcasters and then um it is for sale on Amazon, but I'm really not selling anything there. I'm just telling everybody about it. And cool. they could still buy the app with their phone and go to Amazon with their phone. So I'm well, I really like, yeah. nowadays you really don't need to bring a bunch of luggage with you, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that wraps up another fun-filled edition of the Josh Belcher Experience Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Belcher. Special thanks to this week's guest, TV icon and singing sensation, John Snyder, stand-up comedian, Haley Boyle, and on this week's Yeti's Burger Dress, Joe DeMare, the inventor of the Ghost Pro. Once again, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my podcast. It sure is a lot of fun to make. If you keep listening to them, I'm going to keep making them. If you know anybody you think would be an awesome guest on the show, have them hit me up at joshbelcher at hotmail.com. And you remember, I love you for you and where you're at in your own adventures in life. God bless you. Be safe. Have peace in your hearts. And we will catch you next go around. All right. See you next time.